Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm going to start by reading our verse for today. Um, So it comes from Philippians. No surprises there because we're in our indestructible joy um, in Philippians series. Thank you. Um, uh, So this verse, I'm going to focus on two verses. It's from Philippians 4, uh, verses 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I'm guessing there's a lot of people in this room who are probably quite familiar with this verse. Even if you don't spend a lot of time in church, it's the kind of verse that makes its way onto coffee cups and Instagram squares. Um, We all want a little bit more peace, right? In my spare time, as Andrew mentioned, I'm a doctor, I work as a GP, and I can tell you a significant portion of my time as a GP is spent dealing with anxiety. This passage promises a solution to our worries. And sometimes when things are going well, that can be easy to believe and we can put it on Instagram. But how do we deal with this passage when either us or someone we care about is dealing with an anxiety that just doesn't go away when we pray? Do we need a little bit more faith or is there something, something else going on in this passage? So to answer that question, we really need to deal with the question of what is anxiety? And the best way I have to answer that question is to invite you all into my working world for a little bit. So welcome to your, maybe first, there might be people who have done this before, medical tutorial. So we always start with a patient to be, you know, personal. Uh, and this is our patient for today. So she's 17 years old and she's coming in to see us, her medical professionals, because she's been having fatigue, so ongoing fatigue and frequent headaches. We know her pretty well because we're her GP, so we know that she is a Christian, she's active in her local church, Uh, she's in her first year of uni, everything in her life is going pretty well at the moment. So for fun, and I don't recommend doing this, but for fun, I googled fatigue and headaches and the results were interesting. It can range from sort of iron deficiency, pregnancy, chronic fatigue syndrome, right through to lupus and brain cancer. Depression did come up, um, but anxiety didn't. And spoilers, that's actually what she's suffering from. So what is anxiety? In medicine, we do distinguish between anxiety in the general sense and an anxiety disorder where you meet criteria to be diagnosed. But what underlies those two things is is pretty much the same. So to answer the question, what is anxiety, we need to we need to answer that in a way that helps us understand how anxiety works. So let me introduce you to the tree of anxiety. Oh, thank you, Naomi, for the beautiful tree. Um, So anxiety can be broken down into three parts. So you've got feelings, thoughts, and behaviours. The leaves of the tree are the feeling of anxiety. Um, It's caused by our fear response, which is designed to keep us safe. So when we are anxious, we are sensing a possible threat. 
unlike in a sort of true fear response, like a lion in front of us, um, the threat doesn't have to be as immediate and it doesn't even have to be physical. It can be a threat against yourself as a person. Our bodies still respond in a similar way, though, to how we respond when we have an actual threat sitting right in front of us. And that is what gives you the feelings of anxiety. So the nerves in your tummy, the tight chest, the racing heart rate, all what our patient is experiencing, a deep fatigue uh, and, uh, you know, constant tension that can cause headaches and things like that. It's because our body is preparing us for fight, flight or freeze. Those are our responses to fear. The feeling of anxiety is quite intense, uh, but it is just an indicator. It's a marker that something is making you feel threatened. When our bodies are perpetually in this state of heightened anxiety, it has takes a toll on our body. It takes a toll on our immune system, on our sleep, on our appetite, and it's really, really uncomfortable. Because it is so uncomfortable, the majority of people cannot endure sustained anxiety over a period of time. So we will all naturally do things to try and get rid of the feeling. If if that threat, the thing that we're worried about is something that we can avoid, we will do that. Um, but if it's not, there are some other ways we cope. We can um, look to behaviours that either numb the feeling of anxiety or distract us from the feeling of anxiety. So behaviours like doom scrolling, alcohol, perfectionism, procrastination, they are all variations on this theme of avoid, numb or distract. But they all have one thing in common. They don't actually deal with the anxiety. They just mask the feeling of anxiety. So most people will notice either of those two things first, the behaviours or the feelings, <coughs> the behaviours being the fruit, which I forgot to mention. But there's another thing that actually precedes those two things, the branches of the tree. So like branches, this is a little bit less noticeable. Some people are really good at realising when this is going on and other people not so much. Um, and this is the thoughts, the anxious thoughts that go on when we are experiencing anxiety. They're the well-worn pathways of our brain that seem to run around in circles and crowd out other thoughts. It's when we are seeing something threatening, possibly threatening in our future, and so we think harder and think more to try and prevent it from happening. But it is actually driving the feelings and the behaviours of anxiety. So, back to our patient. After a few visits with our patient, we exclude some other causes, um, like good doctors that we are, and then we think maybe there is something to do with a heightened state of activation going on. Thankfully, she keeps a journal. This is very helpful. <laughs> and this is one of the entries. So, I didn't go to UD today as I'm recovering from the flu. I am actually sick. Though I feel guilty the whole time I'm ho at home lying in front of the TV or sleeping, guilt rules my life a lot. I feel like I'm striving for perfection and continually falling short. I try to rely on God, but I fail so often. I don't know why. Every time I watch TV instead of working, I feel so guilty, and yet I can't stop doing it. So we can trace the anxiety for our patient. We can start with the behaviours. So you heard she's lying in front of the TV, um, procrastinating, trying to avoid the things that's making her anxious. We can follow that down to the 
to the feelings that she's having, that guilt kind of anxiety feeling, fatigue and headaches that she came into us with, back to the thought pattern of I'm not doing what I should be doing and then I'm not good enough. Being not good enough is a really powerful threat to us. So medicine has ways to deal with all these three elements of anxiety, which can be very helpful and necessary. Uh, And certainly, do not hear me say if you are suffering from an anxiety that is impacting your life to not go to a doctor or a psychologist. I spend a good deal of my working life successfully helping people to manage their anxiety using medicine, psychology, behavioural changes, but that's pretty much all we manage. That's all we get to. We manage anxiety. But that's because there is one more piece to the tree of anxiety. There is the roots. Hidden, unseen beneath this tree uh, lives our heart, which is an unconscious set of beliefs that we hold about ourselves and therefore God. These beliefs are often opposed to what we would logically say is the truth because they're not formed through rationality and thought. They are formed through experience. Some things are much more powerful in forming these beliefs, so things like trauma, standout experiences from your early life, the values that were displayed to you by your primary caregivers, so your parents or the other people who looked after you growing up. And this, these roots, are the true source point of all our anxiety because what we perceive as a threat comes from what we believe about ourselves and about God. So here's some examples just to give you an idea of what what can be these deeply held beliefs. God is not really good and I can't expect him to do what's best for me. God is not in control, so I have to be. I am an unlovable. There is no way God could really love me. I'm not worthwhile, so I shouldn't expect anything from God. So to work out what is at the root of someone's anxiety or your anxiety, you can't just ask someone what you think. You need to trace it back. You can trace it back through the thought patterns. You can ask about their early experiences. You can look at what triggers their anxiety. So what's at the root of our patient's anxiety? Why does she feel that she needs to constantly be working to be good enough? We could do that looking at triggers and all those sort of things, but she actually finished that journal entry with this statement. God, help me to be more like you. Help me to make you proud. Deep down, she believes that God is not pleased with her. He is not proud of her and she needs to strive to make him proud. As a GP, I have no answer to this. Medicine does not have an answer to this. Medicine cannot create peace because for the vast majority of all anxiety, The root, what is at the bottom, is spiritual. And that means to defeat anxiety, we need something more than medicine can offer. And so we come to our passage. If our patient was to walk in this room now and was to hear me speak from this Bible passage about how we should just stop being anxious, give all our anxieties over to God, how much help do you think that would be to her? Probably none. And it would probably have the opposite effect Don't think you're good enough for God or doing enough for God. Just do more. Um, But is that really what Paul is saying here in this passage? I mean, Paul is clearly instructing the Philippians to pray and ask God about the things that are making them anxious. But there is an additional instruction in what he says that is easy to gloss over. 
He says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. How are we to thank God when we are asking him before he has answered? While we are still anxious before any kind of answer to our prayer or any kind of solving of our problems, there is one thing that every Christian has that we can be thankful for, and that is who God is and what he has done. One of the great truths of a life lived following Jesus is that we always have a reason to be thankful because we always have him. This kind of thankfulness begins with understanding the truth. As we read God's word with eyes that look not for what it says about us, firstly, but what it says about who God is and what he has done, then we start to find reason after reason to be thankful amidst any anxiety. We see evidence of God's goodness his enduring, his never-ending love, his patience, his power over anything that could threaten our well-being, and even to move the bad things in our life towards good. Thankfulness, when connected to the truth of God, has a transformative effect. It takes that truth about God and starts to work it down from our mind to our heart. But this is not just another strategy or a checklist to access peace. Paul qualifies where we need to be to find this transformative peace. And he says it at the end of the passage. He says, in Christ Jesus. That is where our hearts and our minds are guarded and kept safe from the assault of lies and worries. It is not only thankfulness that transforms us, but relationship. To be in Jesus is to have access to his presence through his spirit. To be transformed by the reality of who he is in his word, not only by knowing the truth, but by knowing him personally. It is him that transforms our hearts and builds us into a new creation that bears not the fruit of anxiety anymore, but the fruit of the spirit, one of which is peace. So, this may or may not surprise you, (laughs) I don't have a very good poker face, but our patient from before is actually me. I wrote those things in my journal before I knew I had anxiety, before I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I was drowning in guilt and shame because I believed deep down that even though I was saved by grace, I was not really loved. That when God looked at me, he was disappointed that even though he went to all the effort of saving me through Jesus dying on the cross, I couldn't muster up enough love in my heart to do what he asked me to do. But slowly and surely he is transforming my heart to understand that his love for me is complete, that he delights in me, that he is the father in the story of the prodigal son who would endure the shame and contempt of lifting up his robes to run down the road and embrace me when I come back to him. And as I learn to bring him glory and praise for his goodness, and I, I sit in his presence and experience the magnitude of his love, and as I walk with him through difficulty and see his steadfastness, the depths of my heart that were shaped by the experience of my past and now being reshaped by him. And so now I can come to him, not begging him to take away all my flaws and make me better, but come to him and ask him to grow me in Christ-likeness, not out of shame, 
but with thanksgiving for his never-ending love and patience. I would be lying if I said this was a quick and easy process. The tree metaphor is very apt because trees do not change or grow quickly at all. It is a daily struggle to put down what you are carrying in your heart and pick up thanksgiving and choose to live in Christ. Hearts don't change in a moment. And just as they are formed in struggles, experiences and relationships, so they are reformed. As we seek a right understanding of who God is, and we spend time in his presence, and as we seek daily to remain in him. I just want to take a moment and speak to you if you suffer from anxiety. I want to say that I see you. I know what it feels like to be at the bottom of a black hole, feeling the overwhelming weight of the seen and unseen fears pressing down on you, threatening to drown you. But Jesus sees you even clearer. He willingly willingly entered into anxiety that night in Gethsemane before he died on the cross. He experienced that same crushing weight in the garden. He chose to bear the separation for God from God so that we never have to. And he's not asking you to walk a path that he has not walked himself. Philippians is at its core a book about learning to magnify Jesus, to hold him high and lift it up in your life beyond anything else, to thank and praise him amidst anxiety and uncertainty about the future, to remain in him when it doesn't seem to be working. Choose to follow him completely. Choose like Paul to consider all else rubbish aside from Christ. And I will testify with Paul that God is faithful to give you all he has promised. There really is a peace that defies all human understanding, and I am testament to it. A peace not of, of the world, not reliant on what may happen, what will happen, what has happened, but anchored in a God who is unchanging. That is what enabled Paul to say with complete sincerity that to live is Christ and to die is gain, because in him we really do have all that we need. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you see every single worry, every single thought that goes through our heart. We thank you that you care. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would teach us, you would reshape what lies at the bottom of our hearts to your truth, to the truth that we can depend on, that we can anchor ourselves in. And I pray that the fruit of that would be that we can bring our worries to you and leave them at your feet. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.